when you come to West Texas, folks, saddle up. You're going to go on a wild ride. You're listening to the official podcast of the nation, the premier voice for the fearless fans of Raiderland. Yo, what's up, Red Raider Nation, and welcome back to another episode of the nation's official podcast. I am your host, TJ Kern, alongside my good buddy, Blake Hartsfield. Blake, it's been a while. We've both been through some adversity since the last time we were on one of these pods, huh? Yeah, TJ, I think last week was a tough week for both of us. I think you had COVID. I had a knee procedure done that I've needed for years. So um, we missed a week, but it's nice to come back to a pair of wins to talk about after the uh, debacle up in Morgantown. Um, I think we were both pretty frustrated after that game. We, we came on here and uh, got after several individuals, uh, most notably Zach Kitley uh, in this offense. But uh, it's nice to come back to two wins. No doubt about it. Ring those victory bells, Blink. Texas Tech is three and three. And don't look now. A blackout. It's blackout week, Blake. I love the home night game blackout. I think that's a good choice. Um, They're going to get a good crowd, TJ. I mean, everybody was kind of out on them after Morgantown. And then you come home and you take care of business against Houston, who's probably the worst team in the Big 12 at this point. Um, But they do so in convincing fashion with a 49-28 win. And then they turn around and uh, they go down to Waco and they beat the Baptists. Uh, 39-14, you basically did to them what they did to you last year in Lubbock. You went in, you ran the ball down their throats, which is um, something that I know you and I want to talk about a lot. Um, Hey, Blake, 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 I got a question for you. What time is it? Taj Brooks time. Tosh Brooks time, baby. That's right. You, I mean, man, we didn't even plan that. I was, I was going to see if you were going to fall for that. Oh, absolutely, man. You got to give that guy the ball 20, 25 times a game at this point. But uh, no, TJ, they go take care of business. They win 39-14 in Waco. Um, they're sitting at 2-1. and one. They've put themselves back in the thick of this conference conference race. Um, they, they host another 2-1 and one team in K-State, which – TJ, I kind of hate the fact that they just lost in Stillwater uh, this past Friday night. They're going to come in focused and pissed off. I kind of wish they would have won that game, but they've got an opportunity. We talked about it after the Morgantown that if they won these two games, that they'd be able to host K-State with a chance to play for something important. Um, they've earned that right, so they're going to have a good crowd. That, that It's going to be a 6 o'clock kick, um, a night game at home. Um, we've talked about this team's good at protecting home turf. Um, let's see if they can get it done. No doubt about it, Blake. I've got the standings right here. And, man, I even went as far as to do a little homework project. Oh, did you? I did. And I even I put it out there on, on the socials of the world, on Facebook and Twitter. Okay. And uh, what I did was I basically went through Tech's opponents week by week to see kind of how we got to this point, Right. Week one in Laramie, go up there. I think we were all kind of surprised at that game and how it went. Never should have lost that game. You shouldn't have lost that game. That being said, Blake, they're five and one, and they're only lost to the Texas Longhorns. I don't care. You should never have lost that game, especially when you were up like you were in the first quarter. I agree. Then week two, Oregon comes to town. Another winnable game. 
Should have won they, that game. Won. <laughs> won I mean, that they, game. They were in position to win that game. I know Oregon's undefeated. They're very good. Hey, they're, they're six and oh. They're very good. West Virginia beats Tech in week four. And I think both of us were kind of really, I mean, the injury to Tyler Shuck, Baron Morton comes in cold, the the rain, everything. I mean, I, I just think we were really demoralized in week four with that loss to West Virginia. Blake, they're four and one. TJ, that's the one I'll give you. There, I think West Virginia is actually better than I thought. They were picked 14th coming in out of 14th out of 14 coming into the season. Going into that game, I said they were the worst team in the conference. Um, that's proven to be either Houston or UCF. Um, which, by the way, if you look at the standings, TJ, Cincinnati, Houston, UCF are all winless in the Big 12. Uh, surprise, welcome surprise. To, welcome, welcome to Big 12 football. Yeah, welcome to the Big 12. It's a step up from the AAC that you were in last year. Um, but, no, look, West Virginia, I think, is a little better than everybody thought. Um, I was still disgusted with Tech after that game, and I thought we went up there and blew it. But the following week, West Virginia went to Fort Worth and beat TCU. Um, and that kind of opened my eyes a little bit. I mean, if they're going to go win a road game against TCU, um, who I know is now one and two with losing to Iowa State this past weekend, didn't look very good. I still think TCU is a pretty decent football team. Um, so West Virginia is the one I'll give you that I think they're better than everybody expected. Okay, so those are the losses. Now let's look at the wins, okay? They beat Tarleton State, not a bowl subdivision uh, program. You get, you get no credit for that. No credit. No credit for Tarleton State. I agree. Uh, their record actually is 4-2, and two, but we'll you move on. No, you get no credit. You beat Houston at home. They're pathetic. They're two I, and three. I, I'm not giving you. That's something you. I expected them to do. I'm not. They get. They get credit only for beating a team they were supposed to beat. And then to follow that up with Saturday in Waco, Baylor's two and four. So here is my well, question to you: Which one of these things are we? What is our identity? Do we we have three losses that were competitive, okay? But they losses to pretty good teams. You have three wins against really bad competition. So now here comes your blackout in Kansas State. Yeah, TJ, it's tough to say because I think we're having a completely different conversation if they'd have won the games, the game against if they had beaten Wyoming and then still lost West Virginia, I think we're still a little higher on this team. Had they still lost Wyoming and won at West Virginia, I think we're having a different conversation because I think the West Virginia win would have looked even better after they went to win win in Fort Worth against TCU. It's hard to say. I think we're going to learn a lot about this team on Saturday night against Kansas State because Kansas State's good. I think everybody knows Kansas State is good. Um, they've been good. They've been a good program for the last five or six years. They, they're they're a physical kind of old school football team. Um, on the flip side of that, TJ, I do have to give this team a little bit of credit. The The Baylor game on the road this past Saturday night, in my opinion, is the best game that they've played all year. Up to Easily. that point, up to that point, I would have said the, the, the loss to Oregon was the best they've played because they, again, they should have won that game. If Tyler Shuck didn't make the mistakes that he made in the second half and, we took opportunities to bury them when we had them that we didn't take. Um, not to mention that ridiculous call by the officials. But anyway, uh, the Baylor game was was very impressive. The defense was was 
stopping the run. They were physical at the point of attack. And TJ, I don't know if it was Joey McGuire that had a come-to-Jesus meeting with Zach Kitley after the West Virginia loss or if Zach Kitley finally realized what he had, Taj Brooks. Whatever happened, Zach Kitley has realized he has a running game, and he's actually calling runs for the running back as opposed to the quarterback. It's Brooks time, Blake. We talked about it. This man is in the top five in the nation in rushing yards. With, with the first two weeks, all those runs going to Tyler Shuck. Imagine if the first two weeks Taj Brooks gets the ball. He might be leading the country in, run, in rushing. No doubt, TJ. He uh, He's the first running back at Tech in 20 years. We've had some good ones, right? Torian Henderson was pretty good. Uh, Sherodrick was pretty good. Woods has been good. Like, we've had a bunch of good running backs. TJ, he's the first running back in Tech in 20 years, and so in the air raid era that has four straight weeks of rushing for 100 yards. That's so significant to me. It's something that hasn't been done here, um, and he's been able to do it despite this offense's uh, inefficiency is the nice way of putting it. Um, TJ, he's he's physical. He he runs uh, downhill. He falls forward. He turns one yard losses into three yard gains. He turns four yard gains into seven yard gains. Um, he 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 runs through contact. I mean, everything that you want out of a running back. The only thing he doesn't have, he doesn't have that breakaway speed. But I don't think it matters because he just. You kind know of, who does though? Valdez. Cameron Valdez, and I think you've got to find a way to get him eight touches a game, just eight. Yeah, just give I'm, give him the ball eight yeah. times, whether it's on a a swing pass, a run uh, to the outside. You know, just get this man the ball in space where he can use his speed. And what a compliment, kind of thunder and lightning combo they've become. Yeah, TJ, I think you kind of hit the numbers on the head there. If you can get Valdez six to eight touches um, out of the backfield, rather that is uh, direct handoffs or little screen passes, things that get him in space, right? And then you give Taj Brooks the ball, you know, 20 to 23 times a game. Um, I think you're getting to, you know, 30-plus rushing attempts. TJ, the last two games with the, where this offense has looked its best, uh, against Houston they ran it 37 times. Uh, for 239 yards, and then against Baylor on Saturday night, they ran it 42 times uh, for 186 yards. They've turned themselves into kind of a downhill football team. Um, I think that that is, is, is good. It protects this offensive line a little bit, who struggles sometimes in pass pro. Um, hey, hey, speaking of, well done offensive line this week in Baylor. Yes, yeah, the best really game the last couple weeks. I mean, yeah. we, we talked about it. Teams you're supposed to beat, you went out and beat, but it wasn't ugly. It was convincing. Yeah, no, I think the offensive line has played better. I think that they've schemed better to help the offensive line. Like I said, when you when you can establish the run and play downhill, it's easier to run block than it is to pass block, right? You're going forward. You're able to initiate the contact, um, and it opens up the play action or the threat of the throw when teams have to respect your ability to run. And these last two games, they've been able to establish the run. Um, the other thing that has changed, TJ, uh, in these last two games, and, and we have surprise, to talk about surprise. it. Surprise, I've been beating this drum. I've been the, the conductor of this train since the Oklahoma State game of last year. Baron Morton is 2-0 as a starter when he's getting the, the reps in the week is with the ones. TJ, he just has that it factor. 
There's throws that he makes that you just can't teach. The two touch, the first two touchdowns Saturday night in Baylor, the first one being that little stop back shoulder fade, that's an NFL throw. And then the second one where he threw the, the back corner fade to, to cup um, in the back of the end zone, TJ, that was a beautiful throw. I mean, you can't throw that ball any better. He put it up high where a six, seven tight end could go get it. Um, it's an NFL level throw and it's just not something that can be taught. You can either make that throw or you can't. Um, he's still, I think he's working through an AC joint injury. Um, the press conference today, they actually said that he only got about 70% of the snaps, uh, last week with the ones they're trying to make sure he's as close to hundred percent on Saturdays as, as possible. Um, I think he did take a hit in that West Virginia game, but TJ, you just watch him and, and he is raw. There's, there's mistakes that are made and he doesn't, he isn't able to analyze things as maybe as well as a six year senior, but the, the raw arm talent is there and his ability to make plays down the field is there. We, we, we seem to have in the last two games attacked vertically more um, and, and it's showing because we're, we're running downhill and throwing deep and, and that's a good combination. And I got to highlight the leading receiver the last two weeks, and that's number one, Miles Price. When he catches the ball. Well, I mean, he's been your leading receiver. I mean, yeah, he might have dropped one or two, but um, I mean. The drops the drops have, I think, been a problem um, across the board with this receiving core. It's been pretty disappointing, um, the number of drops. And, and at some point, they've got to help their quarterbacks, right? It, the receivers have got to catch the ball when it's a catchable ball. So let's switch gears a little bit and give Tim DeRuiter his flowers. TJ, this defense looked excellent against Baylor. Um, they shut down their rushing game, TJ. I think at the halftime, I think they had like four yards rushing. Yeah, it was uh, like three or four, three yeah. or four yards rushing. TJ, Baylor rushed it 17 times Saturday night for 30 yards. That's 0.6 yards per attempt. I, I don't know that you can play better defense than that. How much? How many yards did you say? 0.6 per attempt. They, they rushed for 30 yards on 17 carries. Oh, I don't know what uh, box score you got, but I got 17 yards. But either way, no, those no, big seven, boys it's, it's, it's 17, 17 carries. Uh, no, I'm sorry. You're, I'm, I'm looking at that backwards. You're correct. It's 17 yards. It's 0.6 yards a carry. Yeah. And then the, another thing I want to point out before we completely pivot and talk about a little bit more about the defense uh, going back to the offense, since Baron Morton has taken over these last two games since West Virginia, the third and fourth down numbers have been fantastic, Blake. Much better. I mean, after the, what was it, three for 18 in Morgantown, which is just laughably bad. Um, they were 10 of 18 on third down um, against Baylor. Uh, against Houston, they were 6 of 11, so about 50% in both games. That's much better. Um, TJ, these last two games, uh, the fourth down go for it. We've been much more um, selective. Uh, we seem to be making better decisions about when we want to go for it on fourth down. Only two tries against Baylor, uh, one against Houston, all three of which were in plus territory, which I'm much more supportive of than going for it for on fourth and three from your own 32 with nine minutes to go. Uh, Dave Aranda. Yeah, exactly. That, 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 I mean, you see where McGuire got it from. They're, they're good friends, but Look, it's been more sensible. It's it's a lot of the things we talked about, right? Get Taj Brooks the ball, put Baron Morton in as the starting quarterback, throw it deep off of your run, be use a little bit of common sense to go with this analytics where we're going to decide to go for it on fourth down. 
um, and play good defense. And it's amazing. You start winning football games. And there's one guy that I want to highlight on the defensive side of the ball, actually two, but the first one, Steve Linton have a night. Yeah. I, I went after him pretty good after the first couple of weeks of the year. And, and he finally showed up in, in Waco had a very good game. This was a highly recruited uh, transfer from Syracuse was supposed to come in and make plays on the edge. And, and TJ, he frankly was not very good the first two or three games of the year. He wasn't getting home. He wasn't getting pressure. Um, all the way through the West Virginia game, and then something clicked in, in the Houston game, and he's been much better these last two weeks. No doubt about it, Blake. And another guy I want to highlight on the defensive side of the ball is the linebacker, Roberts. Yeah, that's been a really nice surprise. I think um, there was a lot of concern with this coaching staff about the the interior linebacker uh, depth and position and um, he has been a breath of fresh air. He flies around. He makes plays, uh, makes a lot of tackles, um, does everything you want from an interior linebacker. And then we've got a lot to get into here on this edition of the nation's official podcast with TJ and Blake. And Blake, one of the things that I want to just get to do it on the record. <laughs> Texas is back, huh? I mean, I uh, I love seeing them lose. Um, I root the, for Oklahoma the, every year in that game. You know, my so dad. Was, my dad was an Aggie. I just, I mean, I don't care if it's. I, I've said it on this program many times. I don't care if it's dice, jumping jacks, push ups. I mean, I I don't care what it is. I want the University of Texas to lose. TJ, I'm in a couple of big group chats for for, for some fantasy football leagues. One of them is a league I've been in since high school, and I think. Of the 10 members in the league, eight of them went to Texas. And then there's my best friend who was the best man at my wedding who went to Arkansas and me, who's obviously a tech guy. Um, and we're kind of on an island, but we make it a real point to troll all the Longhorns. And um, we had a lot of fun uh, on Saturday <laughs> going after them. Um, oh, we, we, yeah, I, I don't hide right. the fact that uh, my second favorite team every week is whoever's playing the University of Texas. So obviously, like you, I was rooting for Oklahoma, and I was on the Oklahoma plus four, so it was nice to cash a, a winning outright win ticket, uh, not just to cover. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, it's always nice to see UT lose. Yeah, I hope the uh, – speaking of uh, betting and Vegas and all that, how about that line movement in the game for uh, Tech and Baylor? Didn't Baylor open as a favorite? And by the time it was a kick, Tech was a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, I, I got it early in the week at Tech tech plus one and a half, uh, and it closed at Tech minus two and a half, so it moved a ton. Um, and TJ, looking um, at the ESPN Power Index and, and just the rest of your schedule, um, I think as of now, Tech is going to be favored in every game the rest of the way until they play in Austin. Yeah, yep. until they play in Austin. Uh, I think they're one-point favorites at K-State against K-State this week, which means that Vegas thinks that K-State's two points better than you on a neutral field, which is probably about right. Um, but I think that this is a game that, that the Red Raiders can win at home um, with the, with being a night game in Lubbock and um, just the backing of that crowd. They're going to have a lot of momentum coming in from how well they played against Baylor. DJ, I can't get over the fact of I'm not overselling this when I say that's the best game they've played in a long time. By far the best game they've played this year. Both sides of the ball doing their job. Offense controlled the line of scrimmage. Defense controlled the line of scrimmage. And TJ, 
one thing that this defense doesn't get enough credit for, and we talked about it last year. I think last year they were a top 20 red zone defense in terms of scoring efficiency. You cannot run on this defense on fourth, third and fourth and short. Oh, dude. Yeah. They, they, so, they established the line of scrimmage. They, they get penetration, and you cannot run on them on, on short running situations where they know you're trying to run the ball. They're the opposite of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, they definitely are. You know, Jalen Hurts and the uh, brotherly shove, as they're calling it, uh, with the uh, QB sneaks there on uh, short yardage plays. But they got to change you, that rule. You get into third, fourth, and short against Tech, and I'd say probably six and a half out of ten, maybe even more. We we, we seem to come up with the stop. TJ, I have in those, particularly on fourth down, if it's like fourth and one, but even on like third and one and third and two, whenever they're in those situations where it's pretty clear the other team's trying to run the ball, um, I have a lot of confidence in this group to be able to get the stop that we need. Uh, Tim DeRuiter has done an outstanding job in his year and a half here in Lubbock of establishing a culture on defense. They are night and day better than what we saw under the Matt Wells and Cliff Kingsbury eras. TJ, I don't know if you caught it during the Baylor game, but they, they were talking about uh, Baron Morton, and one of the announcers actually made the same comparison that we've made with there's a little bit of Mahomes in it with some of the throws and the arm angles and things, um, and they happened to just flash some of Mahomes' stats. And I just you, – you forget how ridiculous he was in college. Like against Baylor, he had that game where he had 598 yards and six touchdowns, and he lost that game because the defense gave up you know 65 points. So it, it is just night and day different um, with with where this defense is, and and you got to give a lot of credit to to Joey McGuire and Tim DeRuiter for that because if you remember in his initial press conference, TJ Joey McGuire came in and everybody kind of laughed at him because everybody else, every other coach previously after Mike Leach has said we're going to play defense in Lubbock, but he said I'm dead serious, we're going to play defense in Lubbock. We'll still have a fun offense that y'all know and love around here but we're going to play defense. I'm a defensive guy. And he's delivered on that promise, and he's the first coach that's done that. And we talked about it on our last show where after West Virginia, it was we need to pump the brakes, redo the expectations for this team. And lo and behold, they go and beat two teams that you and I both expected to beat. And now here comes uh, – I think, comes I think we expected – yeah, I think we expected Houston. I think Baylor was much more of a coin flip, um, especially given what they, they did to you last year. Um, but, yeah, they've, they've taken care of business. They're 2-1 and one in the Big 12. TJ, they're in the middle of this rat race in the center of the conference, uh, tied with Texas, Kansas, Iowa State uh, at 2-1, and one, just behind Oklahoma and West Virginia, who are 3-0 and oh and 2-0 and and oh respectively. Um You know, K-State's 1-1. One and one. This is an important game. If you, if you want to – be in the race for the Big 12 title game and give yourself a chance when you go down to Austin. This is one you got to get. You got to get it at home. You got to have the head-to-head against K-State. Um, and it's a game I think they can win, TJ. Well, I definitely – I mean, any game at the Jones, i give us a shot. But, I mean, with the way Taj Brooks is running the ball, the way you're controlling the line of scrimmage like you talked about, I mean, this is – this is the talent display that we thought we were going to see all year. And based off the schedule, that's why a lot of people were like, yo, you guys need to pay attention to what's going on in Lubbock. 
Well, these next two games are really important, TJ. So they host they host K-State this weekend. If you win that, then they've got to go play their, their last really difficult road game until they go to Austin. They're going to have to go to BYU. And if you can get through that game, then you get a minute, a mini buy because they don't play the next Saturday and they play TCU the following Thursday. So they get 11 days off. So you get a, a week to get healthy and then you, you get to set up for your stretch run of TCU at home, which I think is a winnable game. At Kansas, now I know Kansas is, is now ranked number 23 after this most recent poll. You're not going to convince me that you can't go win in Lawrence. It's not a overly it's, – it's like Baylor. It's not an overly um, – it's not Tuscaloosa. Yeah, it's not an overly <laughs> it's difficult not place to play. Yeah, it's, it's not, not the swamp. Well, it, it, even within the conference, it, it wh- who, where would you rather go play, Kansas or BYU? Oh, I'm uh, yeah. Give me Lawrence. Okay, would you rather go play in Kansas or Fort Worth? Give me Kansas. Okay, would you rather go play in Kansas or Morgantown? Oh, Kansas. Okay, so point being, it, the, the, it's they're not a football school. They're you know, Play them in basketball on the road, you can just chalk it up as an L. But for football, it's not an overly difficult environment. It's not going to be this crazy atmosphere, right? It, it's a game you can go win. Then you get UCF, who's horrible, and you get them in Lubbock. So that's a game. I'll just go ahead and chalk that one up as a win. And they, it, look, the, the schedule is there. There is a path to get to that Texas game, but it starts with K-State this Saturday. Definitely starts this weekend. Blackout the Jones, ladies and gentlemen. Show up and show out. Show the Red Raiders some love. The crowd needs to be loud. I know it will be. I mean, I was a student with another famous blackout late October, early November. I believe the year was 2008, Blake. I was at that game as well, TJ. I was at that game as well. I was a junior in high school. So... And I was going to ask, between K-State, then you got to go on the road BYU, which, by the way, time came out for that. It's going to be on regular TV, not the plus. And it is in BYU at night. That's a tough game. That That's going to be a really, really tough – That the K-State game is going to be a great test, but so is that BYU game. They can't have a letdown. Right. And as, this, as I'm looking at the schedule – Right here, this very moment, you need three wins to get to a bowl game, which back to my original point about expectations, we kind of said pump the brakes, right? Um, Maybe not Arlington. Let Baron Morton get his feet wet and try to get to a bowl game. You're three and three. You're halfway there. And you need to find three wins on this schedule between Kansas State, BYU on the road, TCU, a ranked Kansas team, UCF, who you said is uh, not very good. I, I love that. I love that they're taking a beating in the Big 12 uh, after all the crap they were talking on Twitter in the offseason. And then you go to Austin. Well, not just I that, don't all, all of the ACC schools. play really good football and not go to a bowl game. Yeah, TJ, I think they're going to get to a bowl game. The, the question for me is, can they get on a run here and, and actually do something impressive? Um, I think that there's three wins in the schedule between UCF at home, TCU at home, and then one of either K-State at home or Kansas on the road. I don't think you're going to get swept by the Kansas schools. Um, there's a world where they can... Gonna be a, a, a tough, That's a tough, tough game. game. It's a tough Provo game. is... Provo... For 
all the the uh, Latter Day Saints jokes I could throw out right now. I mean, they get rowdy for their sports. Yeah, it's it's a tough environment, TJ. But if they go play the same game they played at Baylor at BYU, they can win that game easily. I mean, what time is it? It's Brooks time. If you play defense and you if you can run the football and play defense, that travels on the road. It, yeah, I mean that that plays at any level of football. Run the ball, stop the run. Yep, and that's what this team has done very very well these last two games. Um, they they can run it down your run it down your th- throat, and then they can stop the run. Now, TJ, you're not going to run it down K State's throat. Um, if they're going to beat K State, yes, they're going to have to establish the run. But this passing game is going to have to make plays. Baron Morton is going to have to make plays. Um, and look, I'm I'm a Baron Morton believer, man. I, I think the kid's got got the, got the skills. He's got the um, the arm talent. Um, it, it's just a matter of can this can the offensive coordinator put him in positions to make plays. Um, and these last two weeks, Kitley has been much better. I I kind of came down on him pretty hard. Uh, I was going to say, you, you kind of owe Zach Kitley an apology. Uh, no, I don't. He was horrible for the first four games of the year, TJ. He's, again, you said he I, didn't deserve to be a D1 coordinator. No, I said he didn't deserve to be a Big 12-level D1 coordinator. I said he should have made a stop at the Mountain West or um, you know the, the MAC or something like that as a step up from where he was in the Sun Belt. But um, look, I don't know if it was McGuire who had a come-to-Jesus meeting and said you're going to run the football 30 times a game, whether you like it or not, and you're not going to run it with the quarterback, or if he just realized that, oh, maybe running with my quarterback and not giving my star running back the football isn't a very good plan. Um, but it's been much not, better. Not to mention the depth in the quarterback room right now. Yes, exactly. So I'm not going to apologize for, for what I said after the West Virginia game because I think it was 100% warranted. Um, but I, you know, on this show, we're fair, TJ. We give, we, we criticize when, when criticism is warranted and we we praise when when it is deserved and these last two weeks he's been much better the, the offenses look much more fluid it looks like they've had a better plan um let's see if they can keep it going this week against k-state yeah i mean there, there's a real possibility like i said you could play really good football against k-state and end up losing you can Same go to provo you, you can go to provo and play a really good game and find a way to lose Come back home in TCU. I mean, this thing, if if they don't play well, really, really well, they could lose a couple of these games, Blake. Where where do you see wh- which one of these is gonna be the typical tech game going forward? I mean, it w- wouldn't it be the most tech thing ever to to win a big game at home against case? Well, no, that that would be a home. That wouldn't be the typical tech. I think the typical tech game would be you come out and you look great against K-State and you win at home and then you just go completely lay an egg up in Provo and get run off the field. That would be the typical Tech game to me. Okay. So so all eyes on uh, Provo after this Saturday in the Jones. Blackout, ladies and gentlemen. Show up, show out, get loud, and cheer on our Red Raiders and this football team. It's going to be exciting. And I'm looking forward to one two three straight six o'clock starts Blake I love it um especially at home getting to play at night at home uh I think it's a huge advantage especially in Lubbock um it is a tough place to go win in general I think it's even harder to win at night um 
TJ, I'm, I'll go ahead and come out and say it. Uh, Tech, Tech 36, K-State 30. Ooh, I love it. Here on the nation's official podcast with which, TJ. Which would be a cover. Tech is currently favored by one. Nice. So let's get some coin in that pocket of yours. I mean, I've already hit it. <laughs> so for being fully awesome, honest, I've, I've, I've already hit it. So no, nah, dude, that that's uh, that's a good. Any other uh, picks for the weekend? No, nah, I'm I'm gonna stick to just pick on this podcast. I'm gonna stick to just picking uh, pick tech games. So gotcha. Well, th- before we get out of here, there's one more thing I want to bring up and get your thoughts on, and we're gonna we're gonna completely pivot. You don't know I'm gonna bring this up. Basketball season is on the way, Blake. We're going to dive into that. We love hoops, you and I both. But Seth Davis, longtime college basketball analyst, reporter, insider, whatever you want to call him, Gonzaga in the Big 12 are back at it at the negotiation table. I think it would be a good move as a basketball-only school. And I, if they do that, I'd love to see them at a school out east. And, and the, the rumors – They're not bad in baseball, Blake. No, they're not. Um, but I think – if you do that to, to keep the numbers even, I think you have to add something else somewhere. And, and the, the school that keeps coming up in a lot of these rumors is UConn. And if they, if the big 12 could add UConn and Gonzaga, I mean, you already take the best basketball league that is adding Arizona um, and Houston uh, to the party and, and you bring Gonzaga and, and UConn. I mean, even if, even without UConn, even with just Gonzaga, TJ, the, the, the big 12 tournament is going to look like a sweet 16. Um it, it, it already it, does. It's going to be even even more star studded. You got to give your mark a lot of credit. I mean, it, it, continuing to strengthen in basketball makes it that much harder for the networks and for the SEC and the Big Ten to leave you out of the conversations moving forward with Thank renegotiating you. the college football playoff because um, they can't host a they can't break away from the NCAA and have their own basketball tournament and not include the Big Twelve with that many powerhouses in the big 12. So it's a brilliant move. I'm all, I'm all aboard the train. Let's do it. But like I said, basketball season's coming up. Coach Grant McCaslin and the red Raiders going to take on the big 12. We'll get there. But right now, all the focus is on this blackout, the Jones on Saturday, October 14th, 6 PM kick Blake. Time to get out of here, bud. How do we end these things? Wreck them. Wreck them. We'll talk to you guys next week on the nation's official podcast.